This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Professor Dion Foster's on the other side of the line. He's the head of Department of Systematic Theology and Ecclesiology, the director of the Bayes Nordia Center for Public Theology. And a heart goes out to you and your family. Losing a pet is no small thing. They're like part of the family. Morning, Dion. Hey, Brad. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I mean, you know, our, our beautiful uh, Labrador Rosie, she, uh, she was 13 years old. Eh? So yeah. She had a very good inning and, yes. and an absolutely beautiful doggy. Uh, so she passed away uh, on, on Tuesday. And uh, that is always sad. But, you know, I must say, Brad, our lives are better for having been able to share uh, in her life, and she brought such joy and comfort. And uh, those of you who follow me on social media, <laughs> Brad and I were just talking about this before we came on air. Mm. She was an incredibly patient girl. You know, <laughs> we we have these two pugs, uh, Revel and Chewy, and uh, they they would treat Rosie like their hot water bottle. You know, <laughs> when it was cold, they'd literally lie on top of her. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah. So yeah. this this opens lots of questions just about where animals fit into our lives on earth, how we're supposed to act towards them because we act one way towards certain animals like a rosy for example or a chewy or a rebel or a yoda like in the day. You know, you act towards your own pets one way just like our listeners are, but then there's other animals we're happy to chop up into pieces and eat for supper. So it's kind of this weird way that we treat the animals and and the creation and and that poses a lot of interesting questions about life on earth. Yeah, so Brad, this is you know I was reflecting on this yesterday. There's a, a very important um critique of some of the ways in which Christians have lived in relation to the rest of creation. It comes from a person called Lynn White, actually a man named Lynn White, who said that you know the, some of the current environmental crisis that we face is because of the ways in which we've interpreted certain sections of, of the Christian scriptures. Now, one example of that is in the book of Genesis, we read that um, we are to be rent meisters, mm. uh, stewards of, of the earth. And um, of course, that that is a very very good virtue value to have yes. you know that we should care for all of creation that we should treat it with respect that we should honor it that we should appreciate it but one of the problems is that we sometimes you know the, the difference between the truth and a lie is is a very very narrow line and mm. one of the challenges that's come in is that we've taken stewardship to mean that we are owners and of course that's not true um Often when we think of stewardship, we think, well, this is something that belongs to me and I must take care of it, and that's yes. not true. So the, the, the important point, I think, for us in terms of our theology is to recognize that creation does not belong to us. Listen to this, Brad. Yes. Creation does not belong to us. All of creation belongs to God. That's what we read in, in the book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all who dwell in it. And that includes us. So I am as much a part of creation as my dog Rosie is. Think Mm. about that for a moment. When God looks upon creation, God looks upon all of us with the same kind of love, the same kind of hope, the same kind of expectation, the same Mm. kind of grace. And God's desire is that those of us who have greater ability and greater choice from us, a greater measure of of responsibility will be expected. So that's, that's the one thing I want to say, Brad. Is, mm. You know, I, I've thought a lot about this, and, and particularly in my own research, you know, here in South Africa, we face such incredibly pressing needs, what I call red issues, you know, hunger and gender-based violence and racism. 
these, these kinds of red issues can often cause us to forget the importance of the green issues, the fact that, that God loves all of creation and that God wants us to be, to be stewards, not owners, that we shouldn't treat the, the earth as a resource that we get to decide how to use and carve up, but rather we should look upon it and say, we are part of God's creation, uh, us and the rest of non-human creation, and how do we, we honor that? It's such a it's such a tricky conversation actually because we just realize where we all fit in and how we very often like to lord over things and make decisions and somebody in a place of authority will make a decision and everybody must follow suit and then everyone else who chooses a different path uh, is often scorned upon and it's this is a tricky thing you know being a steward of everything and taking care of everything is a huge responsibility. <laughs> Brad, my friend Alan Story and I, often when we do our manner and mercy uh, courses, we, we speak to people and we, say, and we use this image because everybody knows this image. Yeah. Remember that time your parents went out for the evening and they left the oldest sibling in charge? <laughs> Remember <laughs> yes. that? Yes. They weren't even out the door. Yeah, yeah. That oldest sibling said, I'm in charge here, you know, make me popcorn, I get to decide <laughs> what's on the TV. Yeah. And and there's a sense in which, you know, that's the wrong way to be a steward. Mm. Um, we are given charge not for our own benefit, but for the common good. Our parents put the oldest person in charge because they want to see harmony and peace, and they mm. trust that the oldest member will take the interests of others before their own. So, so that's the way in which stewardship is understood in the Bible. God, God leaves us with responsibility and authority, not because we're the best, but because we're most capable of living for others. We're most, most capable of being like Jesus. I'm glad tortoises aren't in charge, just saying. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, there's this, this, so there's this understanding of creation, and then there's this, this, uh, a thought of eternity, a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, I know that this is a difficult conversation to have, even with a theologian of your pedigree, Professor Dion Foster, but you know, we, we wonder what is it going to look like? Is it just going to be people? Will we see our, will our pets go to heaven? Will we have animals? I mean, these are people that love animals and live for the animals. They don't have children or even family uh, apart from their, their furry family, you know? So what is, what is eternity going to look like? So Brad, here's the, here's the simple answer. The question that, that I would ask is, would it be heaven for you if that pet that you loved wasn't there. And that, that, should, be, that should be a first answer. You know, the, the Scriptures testify to the fact that, that this eternity lived in bliss in the presence of God is a place of, of complete fullness, of complete yeah. sufficiency. And if that means that that, that particular uh, joy in your life, that pet, that animal, um, that heaven wouldn't be full if, if that animal wasn't there, then I can guarantee you, the reality of the presence of that animal is, is there. The, the difficulty, of course, is, you know, people will say then, well, where do you find that, uh, you know, where do you find specific mention of animals in this way in the yeah. scriptures? And, and this is a, a very important thing. This is why biblical scholars, you know, we often have to tell people, remember that the Bible itself has a history. Each of those books in the Bible was written in a particular culture, a particular context. Mm. And the way in which we relate to pets, domesticated animals today in 2021 simply didn't exist in, in the times. It, it, it began in, in New Testament times, we began to see, you know, something akin to this, but it certainly wasn't commonplace. Of course. You know, the pet, the animal, didn't hold the place in, in society and in the family that it does today. So the likelihood of it being there is about as likely as us reading about a nuclear power station. It simply wasn't 
in the frame of reference. And uh-huh. so, so when people say, well, it doesn't appear in the Bible, so it can't be that way, I think they're making a mistake of, of forgetting that the Bible itself has a particular context. And of course, the things that were front of mind mm. for the, the original communities that received the text and the community that wrote them, uh, those, those will appear and others will not. But, but my simple answer is to say, if, if that little pet of yours wasn't with you in heaven, would it be heaven? I think that's answer enough. Wow, that's 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 leaving that open in a, a beautiful way. Yeah, uh, and you, you mentioned something in, initially after I'd asked the question, and you said uh, it, it there will be fullness of everything. So you almost want to say it doesn't really matter because what hap- where you will be and how you'll feel and what the experience will be will be exactly what it needs to be, uh, and there will be fullness. But we can't even conceive what that could possibly even look or sound like, but we have to just know somewhere in our hearts it's going to be the way it's supposed to be. Although that's not necessarily yeah. a very good answer either, so yeah. we just we'll I just say, wait. Brad, I think I think I think when I get to heaven, Rosie will be there. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's true. And of course, the, the one issue that people often talk about is they ask the question: Do animals have souls? Yeah. And and the question is, you know, for us to to enter into God's eternal love, we we have to make this choice. We have to choose for Jesus. And can animals do that? So there's a whole group of people. There's a guy called David Clough, another person called Alan Lindsay, who are animal theologians who say, well, mm-hmm. we need to recognize that just like the, the baby that, that passes away before that they can mouth the words or fully understand what it means to, to love Christ, just like that baby is included in God's grace and included in, in eternity by God's grace. So other parts of creation which do not have the same faculties as us will be included, not because of who they are, but because of who God is. That's such a vital thing to say, because of who God is. This is some of those things. This is faith, isn't it, Dion? What would this all be if it wasn't for faith? So here yeah, we go. Another, yeah. another faith step forward in our journey to eternity. Absolutely. So, Brad, I just want to say to everyone who uh, has lost uh, someone whom they love, that's most important, and, and perhaps something that they love, a pet. Blessings to you today. Uh, these are, are challenging times, but thank goodness we're not alone. God loves us, and He offers us comfort and care. So blessed are those who mourn. Professor Dion Foster, thanks for hanging out with us this morning. That was awesome. Thanks, my friend. Have a blessed day. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.